And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the We Are Mead podcast. It is Sunday evening and the Mead ladies were out, the Mead hurlers were out and of course the Mead senior footballers, they were out this weekend and of course all the county or all the club footballers across the county were out this weekend with the knockout inverted commas competitions taking place this weekend, the Tolgin Cup, Cornabonia and Fesh Cup. We've got a full bunker here this evening. We've got Brian Kelly, we have David Rispin and we have Kieran Flynn. Um, I was supposed to be at the Mead game today with the lads, but unfortunately I've been suffering all week with the man flu and uh, I didn't think it was touch and go for, for m- many a day uh, during the week, lads, but I made it and I'm here today. I stayed in bed, listened to the game on the, on the radio today and, uh, and I'm just about back and, and, and able to do the podcast. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off, we will start off with the knockout competitions, uh, Mr. Kieran Flynn. Um, I think you have the results there. And then what we might do then is we will have a look at the tables then. So we're going to start off with the Torchin Cup. And uh, I think I might have... The results from that game here. Um, I do indeed. Round two. Um, do you want to give them out yourself, or will I give them no, out? No, I think you're doing such a stellar job because I was going to comment that you look desperate, sick, like. So, but it's good to have you working hard. And get you, you, you just look desperate. <laughs> oh, there we go. You got me coughing. Don't make me laugh. It makes me cough, and then my chest is in bits. Okay, so from um, division, or sorry, from Group A. Um, sorry, we're in Group B there. Let me see. Group A, St. Vincent's, Kilbride, Dunsany and Slane. The results from the weekend saw St. Vincent's beating Kilbride, three goals and nine to Kilbride's, one goal and eight. Slane, one goal and seven to Dunsany's, one goal and 12. So a five-point victory there for your own club, uh, Mr. Flynn. Uh, just going to go back up to the table very quickly in that one. Uh, leave St. Vincent's on top with four points. Kilbride and Dunsany are both on two points. Um, Dunsany in third um, on a plus two score difference. Kilbride with a plus seven. And then Slane are on minus 19. We'll move on then to Group B. I think you might have the scores for that one there now. Yeah, there was just the, the one game played in the last seven days. Beliver had a massive win, 216 to Clenard, six points in round two. So, it, it as you said, it looks like... Uh, Boers Mill and the Ultons played as well. That was on the second. That was this morning, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Boers Mill and the Ultons actually drew one ten apiece, which is a great one for Boers Mill. The Ultons are one of the high flyers in the junior championship. 
Boards will sometimes struggle, but it looks like that's a bit of resurgence for them, which is great to see. Yeah, uh, Davy Rispin enjoyed that one. Uh, so he did. We're just going to look over <laughs> at the table. Yeah. Good point for the Altons. Looking over at the table, um, four points Beliver on top, three points uh, St. Dalton's in second, and Boards Mill in third with a point, and uh, fourth place Clannard with zero points from uh, their two games. Is it straight to semi-finals or... Yeah, it is straight to... Yeah, so it's... it's Top two in each group? Yeah, top one in each group? Yeah, top one. So that's why a lot of teams... There's only a discussion we were having today that it might take away from the second game potentially. I know it's only kind of a pre-season-esque tournament, but sometimes after your first game you might be out of the competition. So maybe there was something we could look at maybe if if you finish first or second in the Talchon Cup in year one, then the following year you'd be seeded to be in one and two the following year give you a reason to win every game it's just a small thing but overall these games are just taken as warm-ups for the league so it's not the end of the world just like when we lost to the Vincents last week we kind of had a fair idea that the Vincents would probably win their other two games and we wouldn't have much to play for so that's just something to look at but overall the games are good and they're enjoyable yeah just as you mentioned that when we go on to uh, Group C in uh, in in that uh, division you will see that there was a game uh, given as a walkover so um, we'll go to you for the results in Group C yeah Group C you had St Bridget's uh, getting the walkover from Dumcondert they, they didn't field which is disappointing for that club uh, Can Ross had a massive victory over Clemente Moore at 2.15 to 7 points and then uh, David Rissa might have to chip in here maybe when, when he's asked but uh, St Mary's and Courtown threw 2.9 each yeah, um, I don't think the 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 Karen Ross game is in that group, is it? Is no, it well, that's the only game in Group D. Sorry. In Group D, yeah, but in Group C, uh, Davy, your game was the only one that went ahead this week, and um, another fantastic result. Um, you know, getting yourselves a draw against St Mary's, Davy Rusman. Yeah, yeah, a bit disappointing. We probably didn't get the win, but um, you know, we were five points down at one stage, and then four points down on another occasion to. So pleased we got it back, probably a little bit disappointed we maybe didn't get the win. We missed a penalty and um, had another goal disallowed as well. So we were probably a little bit unlucky in that sense. But uh, St Mary's are a very decent side coming up from Junior B, full of young players coming up from under 17. It's actually great to see that this week i I seen that their first minor team as well, which is great also. Um, so they're a team going places. For us, look at its two draws. The walkover in the other game is actually could potentially bring a massive problem because... So Bridget's play St Mary's last in that group mm-hmm. um, and we play Drumcondra. So let's yeah. say St Bridget's and St Mary's is a draw and we beat Drumcondra or get another walkover, whatever happens. That Then you'd have three teams and four points and obviously score difference can't come into it when there's been walkovers. Yeah. So <laughs> who knows what might happen. So Yeah, yeah it, 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 it's it's guaranteed that that game is going to end up in a draw now. So it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no doubt. Well, we're about hoping it. it will be. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. It did use... Uh, it could uh, delay the league by about two months if this happens, uh, Kieran Flynn. Yeah, absolutely. And it'd be a disgrace to be up at Leinster Council. It could be in the DRA. It could cost you 25 grand to go up there and get it sorted. But I, I, he didn't take the bait when I said chip in where he was. He didn't talk about how good he was on the, on the Thursday night. But yeah, he did go back. I, I had the mean daily cameras down, so uh, Stephen <laughs> was good enough to come down and uh, film a bit of uh, Thursday night. Actually, great service as well. He recorded four or five minutes of the game. and It was a, it was a very good and enjoyable game to be part of. So... Um, yeah, always nice to, to chip in. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to see Davy chipping in, uh, go on to Meet Daily TV and you will get um, the video of Davy Rispin. And, you know, there's been a bit of a discussion here before before we came on air 
Uh, Davy Rispin said he chipped the goalkeeper. Um, uh, Kieran Flynn said, well, he kind of just kicked the past the keeper. So did he pass the keeper or did he chip the keeper? We leave it to the listeners to decide that one. And uh, if you get on to Meet Daily TV, you will see um, that. Uh, I'm sure Cortown and Davy Rispin have shared enough times. <laughs> Several times. <laughs> <laughs> so you will be able to see that going if you go online. The final result was the Karen Ross game, isn't yeah, that right? Yeah. Karen Ross 2.15, the committee won seven points in Group D. So great win for Karen Ross. Yeah, that puts it, Karen Ross, that was their first game, I believe. Um, this is a group of three. So they uh, now have to play minority in the last game um, on the 7th of this uh, of the of February to uh, decide who goes through to the semi-finals. So it looks, looking at uh, Davy Rispins, it's, it's, it's a... An uphill task for them. They need to get a result and they have to hope that St Mary's and St Bridget's draw. And then in uh, Group B, uh, Beliver, they are sitting top of the table and they are facing off against St Dalton. So it's a top of the table clash. The winner will take all there in that game as well. A draw will not suit uh, uh, St Dalton's. Um, the win is what they need. And then the last one, St Vincent's. Uh, they will take on Slane in their last game, so it does look like Slane will be going through. We're going to move on now to the Cornet Bonia results and uh, Group A for uh, Kieran Flynn. Yeah, Castletown uh, one twelve, Dundry eleven points, uh, Bechtov one seven, Mile eight points. They're the two Group A games, so Castletown flying high again. Yeah, and uh, Castletown are top of the table with four. Bechtov and Mile are on two points, and Dundry on no points. But uh, final game, we'll see. Castleton taking on Moila and Dundry taking on Bechtov. So uh, a result of any sort, a draw or a win for Castleton, and they'll be true to the semi-finals. Absolutely, and we, we talked an awful lot of Castleton last year and how good they were, especially in that kind of, um, after maybe the first round of the Champions League and kind of knockout period in the summer, they were very impressive, hadn't lost a game and they were kind of building momentum all year. So they'll be hoping that's another indicator of their year going forward, that they're building early and not going to whimper out, hopefully. Absolutely, and uh, we're going to move on to Group B now, and you have the results for Group B. Yeah, so we're heading up to Kilmainham, 2-9, Mead Hill, 1-4, and we had Sidden, 4-5, St. Patrick's, to Mullen, 2-8. Oh, a good win there for Sidden, and that puts them on top of the table. They're on three points, St. Pat's on two, Kilmainham on two, and Mead Hill on one point. Uh, Sidden will take on Kilmainham in uh, their last game so if Sidden get the victory there obviously they will go through um, a draw or a win could mean that uh, St Pat's could join Sidden on four points if it was a draw um, if they lost if Sidden lost and St Pat's were to win they would go through so still out to play for in that one but it does look like Sidden will be going through Absolutely and Sidden another team similar to Castletown be looking to get good form early but so I was talking to someone who was at the Mead Hill Clemenum game, and they were informing kind of the bits and bobs. And uh, we have a few listeners from Mead Hill, so they might be able to tell us maybe we text us in and see if this these reports are confirmed or not. There was a bit of argy bargy, and Mead Hill lads might have been throwing their weight around, and there was a few cards issues Never. of certain colours that weren't well of certain colours. If you know what I mean, but I don't do that. I'm not sure if there were sin bins now or, or court orders, but there was stuff any anyway, of violence of some description anyway. Well. Um 
we let the meathead lads come back to us and let us know about that. Like them, I, um, I, if I were you, I wouldn't go anywhere near meathead now for the next foreseeable future after <laughs> saying stuff like that. That's the, so the God knows it's about an hour from everywhere, so I wouldn't be near it. Be nearly as bad as me trying to go to Kells. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to distance. I'm going to distance myself from all the um, statements that Kieran uh, Flynn has made in the last five minutes. And can I do it as well? Can I? No, we can't. And <laughs> um, we've all now to Group C, um, and the results from Group C. Group C, uh, St. Michael's won 11 to Dumbarra, 7 points. And Trim had a massive win, 2-16 to Rakeney's 1-6. Um, St. Michael's, David Rispin, you were at that game? Yeah, Friday night, um, good local derby. Huge crowd actually in Carlin's down for it um, for, for this time of year. Um, good game. I thought Trimbarra actually bossed the first half without actually... Started off really well, yeah. They did, and they owned the ball, but they didn't really kick on. I think they were three, they might have been three to up or something like that at halftime. It was very low scoring and that, but everything was obviously hard fought. They did lose Willie Carey, who's their main man, really. They are very young, um, and St. Michael's were just that bit more experienced. St. Michael's have a fabulous forward line Go on about it a lot, but when they have everyone available, they have the two Lynches, Davy and Kieran, they have Oren Meath and, and Shane McDonald as well, and Ray Riley. Um, I think they'll, they'll have Jamie Riley back in the summer as well, who'll make a huge difference. So if St. Michael's can keep what they have and maybe add another player or two to it, they could be extremely strong because they bet Rakeney comfortably enough in the first round. Yeah. And now, you know, beating local rivals from Barra in the second round, that'll send them in good stead. They'll want to go through to the semi-finals and they could they could end up winning this competition. Yeah, well, they're they're playing Trim, who who were beaten by Drumbarra in the first round. Um, and uh, if Trim were to beat... Uh, St. Michael's and Drumbarra were to beat Radkenny, uh, we'd have uh, three teams and four points and it would all come down to score difference. Mm. So um, St. Michael's have plus five over Trim at the moment. So Trim will need to beat St. Michael's by five or more points and hope that Drumbarra don't beat Radkenny yeah. by 11 or 12 yeah. points. Well, you know, so head to head could, those well. Are, those, yeah. Well, I, I don't think you could go to head to head with, with three them all beating each other. No, but, yeah, but just if Rakeney are lucky enough to maybe pit Dumbarra, then they'd be two and two, and then Trim beat the Michaels, they'd be on four and four. Then they're going to head to head. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. 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 So well, still, it, there's loads of permutations. There's loads, yeah, but if Rakeney, well, well, if, if Rakeney, if Dumbarra don't get the win and Trim beats at Michaels, it'll be head to head, definitely. Um, but, um, very interesting. Uh, that one is still, it's still, it's yeah. still, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's on a knife edge. Um, and it's all going to come down to the last uh, day's results. The one thing we know is that Rakeney can't go through. That's the only thing. But they could upset the pie. That is for sure. Uh, going on to the final group, Group D. And we get the results from Kieran Flynn. Yeah, so there's Group D fixtures here. Ballon Bracky 1-8, Blackhall Gale 7 points. Ballon Lock 2-9, Oldcastle 1-5. And then there's just one one game in Group B then. Dunique Bellison 5-7, Clannagale 3-7. Uh, fair play. We're going to go back up now and look at Group D's uh, standings. Ballinabracky are on three points. Blackhall Gales are on two. Ballock are on two. And Oldcastle are on one. Again, another one that's finally poised. Oldcastle are going to be playing Blackhall Gales in the last game. But the big one is Ballinabracky and Ballinlock. Um, so, where... Who do you see coming out of that one, Davey Rispin? Um, Ballon Bracky or Ballon Lock? Yeah, that's going to be extremely tight. Ballon Lock seem to have been um, rejuvenated after that win against Oldcastle. They, they always seem to raise their game for you know that rivalry. Yeah. Um, I know Oldcastle are missing a few players, most notably probably Jason Scully and that. So 
um, it's probably a difficult time. But they seem to have everyone. Paddy Byrne, I think, is playing, which, in fairness, normally at this time of the year, he wouldn't be back yet. Yeah. Um, so, look, that could stand to them. Balnebracchi are always tough, and they should have their full complement of players as well. So, maybe just Balnebracchi to edge it, but it'll be close. Yeah, Balnebracchi, if they do go on and win that game, um, will we'll top the table and uh, will be true to the semi-final. I know, is it in this one that we have... Um, uh, a playoff for the quarter yeah. for the semi final. Um, you already gave the result from the from the last group, Group B, um, and Waterstown and Dulik Bellison on two points each. But Dulik Bellison have played all all their their two games. So Waterstown and uh, Waterstown and Clannagail have to play. And if Clannagail were to beat Waterstown. They'd all end up on two points and again come down to score differences. So it's an interesting one there as well. And it'll be tight as well because uh, if they do end up on score difference, just say they only beat Watersend by one point, Watersend will go down to zero, Talik will be on five, and Clannagay will only be on minus five. So they'll actually effectively only knock Watersend out and actually they'll hand Talik the, the, the gate, if you know what yeah. I mean. So it's only Watersend will be hoping a draw or a win or else Clannagay will beat them will actually knock them out unless Clannagay will obviously ratchet up a... A plus, what's that? Nearly thirteen scores, is it? Well, it'd be eleven anyway. Yeah. So yeah. So um, again, interesting. That one is finally points. It all depends on what the result is in the last of the games in Group C. We're going to move on now from the Cornabonia. That's the Cornabonia locked up. We're going to move on to the Fesh Cup, and uh, we're going to start off with Group A and the results from the weekend, Mister Flynn. So in Group A, we had Nafina. 2-4 to Nobbers, 10 points. And we had Gail Cullen kill 15 points, Dunshockland, 7. So, Nafina, um, with a draw against Nobber, um, Davy Erisman, when, when you look at that, compared to last week, so was Nobber getting a, a raw deal coming up against Kells last week, and Nafina beating their near neighbours, Dunshockland, uh, quite convincingly, that's that's a really good result for Nobber. Yeah, it is. And a week when they've definitely lost one of their main players, Brian Farrell, because he's gone to manage Ratoth. Yeah, it has been confirmed. Yeah, it it is. It's uh, look at he'd be a huge loss if if that's to be the case. And they're obviously missing Jordy Morris as well due to the twenties. And um, Alan Farrell, I think, could be a potential absentee as well for the year. I think he is an ongoing um, injury problem. So. Look, they're doing ever so well for what they have. Um, I was actually talking to a couple of the Kells lads in Carlinson on Friday night and they spoke glowingly about Nobber and that game. You know, they said it was only really the goals that was the difference in it. There wasn't a whole pile between the teams. Um, look at in the league, they're going to have Fortress Nobber to rely on and it's, uh, it's, it's a tough place to go to get a result. Anyone that's played there will be able to relate to that. But to get a result against Nafina, a seasoned senior side, after especially that win, as you mentioned, yeah. against Unchocker in the week previous, speaks volumes for it and... You know, that's the type of spirit they're going to go, need, you know, going into this um, campaign, I suppose, as a, as a senior team. Yeah, absolutely. And just looking at the tables, Kells sit on top, Gail Cullen kill with four points, Nafina on three points, Nobber on one, Dunshockland on zero. And uh, the big game of the weekend next it will be Dunshockland, or sorry, Gail Cullen kill and Nafina facing off against each other for uh, the victory there. And whoever wins that one will see themselves through to the semi final. We're going to go on to Group B now. Yeah, so Scream defeated St. Peter's Dunboyne on a scoreline of 12 to 1 7. And heading back towards Navan direction, we had the Omahuna, O'Matley's 112, Curaha's 5 points. 
Yeah, so uh, really good victory there uh, for Screen. Brian Kelly, an interesting one. Screen getting uh, over a, a good, strong Dunboyne side. Like the, we spoke with this in the last couple of podcasts, how Dunboyne have been depleted. Last year, you know, they weren't you know anywhere near the races compared to the year beforehand. They've got a lot of players back this year. They've got new players in. That's a really good re- result for Screen. Really good result, especially considering their talisman, Paddy O'Rourke, is in Australia at the minute. So Jason Reddy kind of took up the free-taking mantle from him and kicked a good few scores. So while Paddy's away for a spell, they're going to need fellas to step up to the plate. And it's good to see from a screen point of view that that happened on Friday night. Um, also, as well, Navin O'Matney's uh, getting the victory over Curraha. So that puts them into second place in the table for for the for the Fesh Cup. And um, they will be facing off against screen next weekend. So it'll be do or die in that one as well. If, if Navin O'Matney's can get the victory, they'll go through to the semis. Absolutely. And there's a great history between those two clubs. It'll be a great battle when they meet... Coraha probably the other night are fairly depleted in this competition, being without the likes of Jack O'Connor, David Toner, James McIntyre. When you take three of the best players out of the Coraha team, they probably don't have the depth that clubs like Navin and Matthews maybe have. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it'll be an interesting one next weekend. We're going to move on now to uh, Group C, I think it is, and uh, the results from Group C, Kieran Flynn. So we're heading up to the, the, sunny, the sunny east coast up here in Pilltown. St. Colin Kills, 14 points. Manalvi 2-10. Was that game played in Piltown or was it played in Centristown? It was in Piltown. Oh, it was on the, on the website okay. Piltown. I thought it was in Centristown. And then, it's not that sunny, unfortunately, up in this direction. Venue Centristown. You go <laughs> <laughs> Round one, you're All right, OK. That's the past. We're, we're, we're still in the past. We're in round two here. So Column Kills, uh, two or 14 points, Manalvi's 2-10. The other game, we're told 2-10, Centristown 1-7. Ah, yeah, I thought I thought you said Centristown and Column Kills was the first game. No, I did uh, last week. <laughs> yeah, Column Kills fourteen, Minalvi sixteen, and then with Hot two seven, Centristown one two ten to Centristown one seven, and uh, Brian Kelly your own club, Centristown coming up against with Hot and losing by six points this time of the year, you'll not be too worried about that. I know, like there's an absentee list there that's like massive at the minute in Centristown, nearly as long as with <laughs> a, a, lot, a lot longer I'd, I'd, I'd venture a um, couple of older stagers kind of at, told listen take a break don't come back too, too soon um, it's a long year until the championship starts in August and then five lads in in the county under 20s unavailable and then a lot of other lads carrying knocks look at it's pre-season tournament there's a few, good few young lads coming out of minor in the last year to, who had never played senior football before getting game time and that's what it's all about really and the last game you will see yourselves pitted against Minalvi. They're in second place in that group on two points. We're told they're sitting pretty on the top with four points, and they will be facing off against St. Column Kills, who also have two points. So, again, that one is uh, not. It's not just uh, defined at the moment. If uh, St. Column Kills get the victory over. Um, uh, Rathout in the final game they'll be on the same points and then if Minalvi were to get over Centralstown they'd also be on four points so there's a couple of these groups that are finally poised and will have to be might have to be decided by um, score difference we'll move on to the next group and uh, Group D and the results there Kieran Flint yeah in Group D we saw Simonstown Gales defeating Dunham Ashburn 3-14 to 1-8 and the Wolf Tones travelling down the Summer Hill Defeating them with a scoreline of two twelve, Summer Hills fourteen points. Yeah, Davy Rispin. Um, you know when you look at it, they're two really good results for Wolf Tones and for Simonson. Simonson travelling to Ashburn, 
um, and and getting a huge victory, three fourteen to one eight. Now I know at one stage, it, like uh, it, it looked even worse than than, than the final score. Mm. Um, Dunmore Ashburn just rallied and got a few scores to make the scoreboard look um, a little bit better. And then you know Wolf Tone's going down to Summerhill and coming. Over. Summerhill is not an easy place to come away with a victory. No. No, absolutely. I was actually chatting to Colin O'Mahony in uh, Park Talton today, and I was asking him, you know, about that game, and um, he was saying, "Look, they were missing a lot, but to be fair, he said Simonson were missing just as many." And um, he he was kind of echoing, you know, what everyone else is kind of saying at this time of the year. They're not getting overly down about it. No, it's early days. Mick Deegan's only in there probably a matter of weeks at this stage, so it's getting his methods across and you know getting game time into lads. But for Simonson, look at their two impressive wins. For Wolf Tones also, I mean, that's a that's a fantastic win, Huge as you said, going to Summerhill and winning. Um, it tees up the, the last game, you know, a local derby. It's going to be a little bit uh, tasty, I'd say. Absolutely, yeah, you know, like, and it is only a pre-season tournament, but yeah. when you get a chance to come up against uh, uh, your old foes, your next-door neighbours, Wolf Tones could literally... Uh, if the wind was strong enough, they could kick a ball up in the air and it'd probably land in Simon's town. I was going to say you could so, fart in Simon's town and you'd smell it in the wolf tones. No, I definitely wouldn't. No, the wind, the wind would have to carry it up the hill. Did, probably yeah, down yeah. the hill, yeah. <laughs> down the, the hill, man. Crude, isn't he? It <laughs> crude. Um, but uh, yeah, no, you, you've said it now. Simon's town and wolf tones face off in the, the final of those. Final game, final round. Round three of uh, of the fixtures. Uh, the other game, we'll see Summerhill and Dunamore facing off against each other. Nothing to play for there. Both of them on zero points at the moment. So the big game, we'll see Simonstown and Wolf Tones. Wolf Tones will need the victory because looking at the score difference, Simonstown have plus 17, Wolf Tones have plus seven. So um, if, if it were to end in a draw, Simonstown would go through to the semi-final. Um, but it is finally poised and it makes for a great last round game uh, which would take place on the 7th which is when it's uh, Friday night is it I think it's Friday night it's 8pm it's in Simonstown so um, that'll be a really good one to get to if you have nothing else to do uh, next weekend that is our knockout competitions dealt with for this week and we wish all the teams the very best luck going into their final group games um, before uh, we see who will be in the semi-finals we're going to move on now and uh, next up we've got the ladies and uh, Mead ladies were taking on the Cavan ladies on Sunday today in Cross Keys in Cavan and it was Cavan who came with the victory here three goals and ten to uh, Mead ladies two goals and five and I'm just checking Davey Rispin did we get anything Tom O'Connor was supposed to be coming back to us uh, with some info on the game and our money messing Tom uh, <laughs> but he is he is our man when it comes to the ladies football didn't come in come uh, back to us with anything today did hear a few things I was talking to Damien Donoghue from the We Are Cavan um, uh, podcast and he was actually commentating on the game today he said that uh, Cavan were probably just physically stronger than Mead uh, on the day um, Vicky Wall uh, was a huge player for Mead and uh, had a massive tussle with Shauna Lynch Sean Lynch and uh, Vicky Wall collided at one stage wholeheartedly going for the ball both of them going for the ball and uh, it was a collision of heads and Vicky Wall ended up having to go off the field and that was a huge blow for Mead on the day and uh, I'm just trying to remember there was one of the girls uh, from Mead he said did a lot of the scoring Emma Duggan is right. Emma Duggan is right. Um, Emma Duggan, he said, uh, kicked a lot of Mead scores and was involved in Kelsey Nesbitt's goal as well. And um, he said, you know, the Mead girl shouldn't be too disheartened 
Um, you know, they're he said they're not far away, and they really did put it up to uh, Cavan today in in, in um, uh, down in Cross Keys in the Den Football Club, uh, down there in the heart of Cavan. But it's a disappointment for the Mead ladies. I'm just going to go back. I think I have their table here on the laptop. I do indeed. Uh, well, I did. It's gone. Um, I know that uh, they're they're. I think they're maybe fourth or fifth. In, in the in the table, Tyrone were beaten by Armagh in that group. Um, uh, today. Um, what else? There was Cavan. Oh, I'll have to go back. I'll have to get the the um. I'll have to get the the table. I know I had it up there a couple of minutes ago, but I'll have to run through because there was some crazy results in that group. We're gonna move on now. I think Brian Kelly might have a word yeah. on that game. That'd be a good Armagh team that have Caroline O'Hanlon, who's yeah. a. She's played. She's an excellent netball player as well as a ladies' footballer. She's an all-round superstar, really, and they would have been quite competitive in the senior ranks in recent times. So that's going to be a real dogfight of a division with the likes of Cavan, Armagh, Tyrone, Mead. You have a lot of very good sides in that. Teams in the senior championship and then teams like Mead who are looking to push on to, to get into the senior championship. Um, realistically, from a Mead point of view, if they can stay in Division 2, consolidate their position there for a year and then maybe look to push on next year having hopefully maybe in the summertime won that elusive intermediate that'd be a great starting point for them as they continue to build when you're bringing through the likes of Emma Duggan into the senior team you'd um, a girl from Summerhill her name just escapes me was full back last week against her own she was a minor last year as well so you're building a bit of depth there because you've the likes of Emma Troy came back last week she was off the scene there for a spell. An excellent footballer from Boards Mill. Stacey Grimes, who we all know, has been one of the leading lights in the team. She was on the bench last week against Tyrone. Like, there was a time, you'd say, if you left a player like Stacey out against one of the, a team of Tyrone's ability, that you might struggle to win the game. But last week, they were able to do it. It just shows that while the result didn't go their way today, they are building a bit more depth than what they had in previous years. And that depth is going to be crucial as the year progresses. Yeah, just as you were talking there, I'm trying to find this. I'm just not having any luck. I know I looked at the table earlier on, and um, it looked uh, it looked it was quite surprising when you were looking down. You could see that there's uh, there's still a lot of football. Here we go. You you and just they, they play in Navan now in the coming weeks, Kieran, don't they? The senior ladies. Yeah, the senior double ladies header. double header the day of. The Mayo game. So next, next, next Sunday. Yeah, this Sunday coming. They're playing at 12 o'clock and the lads are at 2 o'clock. So, so that's, a, that's a great opportunity to get in early and support the ladies next week. As we all seen, there was a huge crowd when they got to Crow Park last September for the All-Ireland final. It'd be great to get a big crowd in next week and support them again because they're a, they're a team that deserves a big support. And Mayo supporters in general arrive very, very early. They're, they travel in huge numbers. So the more meat supporters in early next Sunday, the better. Yeah, we're just after getting that uh, table up there now. Monaghan are on top with two wins from two. Uh, Kerry are in second with two wins from two. Just sc- point score differences is separating them. Then it's Armagh um, and Cavan and Mead all on uh, one victory. And sorry, and Tyrone on one victory. Um, so, you know, it's still finely poised and, 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 and a run of victories in that. Um, would be great. It's the top four going to the semi-finals of, of, of the league and then obviously two winners play off to get promoted. So, you know, Mead are still in with a fighting chance as we look down at that table. We're going to move on now to the Hurlers and uh, the Hurlers were 
the curtain raiser to the men's senior football team today in Park Tolchin, uh, coming up against Wicklow. 2.24 to Mead, 3.18 to Wicklow, a three-point victory, um, uh, Kieran Flynn for, for, for the Mead hurlers. And, um, you know, that just has them finally poised now for the um, for their next game, upcoming game against Kerry um, in the National Hurling League. Yeah, it, it really was um, a massive kind of a performance in the last 15 minutes, the last 10 minutes that really, really did it for us. We were very lethargic starting off. It looked like we had kind of seeded ground and we kind of given away easy scores for Wicklow. And like we were actually behind at the half time, 2.13 to 2.9, which I know this right to Wicklow, we drew with them in the Kyo Cup, but we were definitely coming in as strong favourites. But again, I think the hero of the day, so much as it was Jack Regan last year, this year so far it's been Padre Hanrahan from Retoth. He scored 16 points, 13 frees. And basically, when if anyone that was there for the football and the hurling experience, the weather conditions, there was quite difficult conditions. So he scored in, in really, really difficult ones. Uh, one blight, Alan Douglas got sent off late on in the 64th minute. It looked like he raised his hand, but um, the Wicklow players were sitting beside me in the dugout and they didn't think it deserved a red. So it's nice when you get a different perspective. But when you come down to it, Eamon Adunica scored a goal. Jack Regan scored a penalty. Uh, Andy O'Brien, Owen McCormick got one for the Wicklow teams. But overall, it was it seemed to be waning and we seemed to be falling down. But the likes of Eamon Adunica scoring that goal and um, Padre Hanner and different lads up. James Toher was brilliant. There was a wide variety of scorers and people who contributed. Like Dave O'Healy was kind of out of the game for so long. And again, at, at key moments, one ball and scored great points as well. So overall, it was a great win for the Hurlers. And especially, we, we talked about Offaly as well. The Offaly result in that league as well, you probably mentioned in a second, really sets it up for me to do well in the rest of the league. Yeah, well, uh, the point I was going to make is that you were saying about Padre Hanron, he's, he's now the free taker. Jack Regan was the free taker last year. Yeah, um, So, you know, it's... Uh, does Jack take any of the frees or is he just leaving them all to Podge Hamlin? Podge took one of them. James Toher took one from big distance, but actually Podge went out and scored one from nearly further out later on. Podge just was there the whole time and Jack was came in late because he was with Kiltail and they were getting extra rest. So Podge is cementing himself. So it's not a bad bad job to have the two of them there. I can you couldn't say Jack Regan's percentage is sky high, so it wasn't that he doesn't he deserved it or anything. But Podge's has been better so far, so you kinda of have to when your when your horse is running well, you have to take it, isn't it? It's kind of if Podge has an off day, those in the great, you can just say Jackie take over, absolutely. and then vice versa back again. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned it there as well about Offaly. Offaly lost today to Kerry, um, which sees Antrim on top with four points, Kerry uh, second with four points, Mead have two points, Offaly have two points, and Mead are ahead of them because of score difference. So going into that Kerry game, um, our new small ball expert. Uh, Davy Rispin wearing the hurling jersey as well today. Great to see it. Um, you love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> All you're shy of now is a helmet and a hurl in the hand. So it is. Uh, but I'd expect that from you next week in the podcast. You can't wait to see him coming in well, like an American footballer like, with the helmet and all that. But um, Davy, you know, like from a Glenn Vay point of view, um, you know, it's, it, it doesn't look too bad for me at the moment, Hurling-wise. I know, it's fantastic. And that result with Offaly is huge. Yeah, no, it really is. And look, we'll hear it in the Patreon. I spoke to Jack Regan and Nick Weir after it, and we referenced the Offaly game quite a bit in the interviews. You know, the performance was there, but the result maybe just wasn't. And this week it was so important to get the result at home. Big crowd in Nav and, you know, part of a big double header with the footballers and stuff. And the lads were absolutely delighted and... Um, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the game, I have to say. I thought it was a great game to watch as a spectator. 
um, ebbed and flowed throughout. Was it your first ever game of hurling? No, it wasn't Rochester. my first. It was my second. <laughs> <laughs> and this one was way better than the last. Yeah, yeah. But no, what look. Was the first one. What was the first one of interest? Uh, I was at uh, Waterford and somebody in the All Ireland quarter final. It's probably ten years ago, twelve years ago. <laughs> me played after it anyway. Stuff. Yeah, that would be the Mead bet Mayo in the All Ireland yeah. quarter final. Waterford played somebody in the All Ireland semi, I think, before or afterwards. But was I was a letter. Sorry, I was at a few Mead games last year with uh, against Westmead. A mate of mine plays with Westmead in that. But no, going back to what Flynn was saying, you know, seven points down after the concession of that third goal, it looked ominous, even with the wind and everything like that. They managed to get themselves back into it, and then Dougie gets the red card, harsh in my opinion, probably, and and they still, you know, back to a draw. They kicked on an extra time, or an injury time rather, and um, won the game. Fantastic result and a great start. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And, and as we said, if they can get the victory over Kerry next weekend, it'll put them into second place. And then they'll be playing um, Antrim, I think it is, the yeah. following week. And if there were to be Antrim, they go top. So look, it's... Uh, it's uh, We have it all planned. It's all planned out, so it is. And then Mayo in their final game, just to cement top place. It's uh, look. It's a, it's, a, it's a certainty, so it is. We're going to move on now. Uh, well done to the hurlers uh, on that victory today. Um, to the Mead Senior Footballers, and they came a cropper against uh, Stern Donegal uh, uh, side today in Park Talchon. Three goals and eight to Donegal, seven points to Mead, and uh, this game played uh, in front of a, a big crowd in Navan. Um, it's... Uh, I suppose it's, it's a hard one to take when you see that Mead were four points to one up um, you know, uh, Marky Brennan saves a penalty from, from from the big man Michael Murphy, and you just felt that at that stage Mead would kick on, but they failed to kick on. Had a lot of possession, a lot of uh, a lot of ball, but I suppose the the guys and the the the, the experience of of, of Donegal shone through. You know, it's, we always have to remember it's fourteen years since we played Division One football, and and and. It's 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 not it's not like riding a bike that's for sure so it's no, not you have to learn the hard way you have to get yeah. a few falls and everything and yeah. get your knees a little bit dirty before but look at um yeah it's disappointing I think that's the overriding emotion from it really um you mentioned you know about Donegal or sorry about Mead maybe taking the four one lead Donegal probably never panicked in that period and they just kept possession and kept recycling it and from the two goals they got in that first half there were literally long passages of play whereby they'd go forward, they'd come back, they'd pass across the pitch, and eventually they'd pick out this pinpoint ball in behind the defence. And that's what they did for the penalty too. Um, just going back to it, it was a fantastic save from Marky Brennan. The second one, um, he went the same side and it was more emphatic than the first one. But there was, in fairness, the first penalty was well struck too. You have to, yeah. you can't take that away from Marcus Brennan. It was a stunning save, really. But we didn't just penetrate as much as we needed to in that first half with the breeze behind us. Um, whether that was taking on longer shots from further out it, it just didn't happen and then second half it was always going to be a case of chasing the game and Donegal are just so cute at keeping possession and picking their moments and kicking scores when they really need to kick them and um, the third goal ended the game as a contest and unfortunately we just couldn't peg it back we kept it respectable we kept you know plugging away but it just wasn't to be yeah it was a, it was a tough day at the office and um, you did catch up with Colin Nally and that will be on our Loyal Royals um uh, Patreon podcast don't forget to sign up for that and uh, you'll also have the Jack Regan and Nick Weir interviews from the Hurling Brian Kelly uh, just on the the meet game today you know um, uh, it's something I suppose that's that, that's been a trend with Mead for the last number of years is that um, Division 1 and especially Division 1 Ulster teams 
are, we find it very hard to break them down. Yeah, we do find it very hard to break them down. At one stage in the first half, David Toner came up and probably from just outside the 45, took the onus on, kicked a brilliant score. We probably were a little bit reluctant to kick the ball from maybe 35 metres or trying to work it in a little bit closer. With the breeze in the first half, we maybe had a chance through it. But then you are short a lot of your first-choice forwards, potentially, in the likes of Shane Walsh, Mickey Newman, Donald Lennon, like... They could potentially all three of them be starting if they were fully fit at the moment. The likes of Joey Wallace, Eamon Wallace, and that their they're not their natural game isn't shooting points from long distance. They tend to get their scores from kind of 20, 20 metres to 30 metres out. And you just didn't have the long range shooting in your players today that you something that you might have wished for. Um, it's also the first game, I think in maybe twelve or thirteen games that Brian Menton didn't manage to get in the score sheet. Yeah. which shows how well Donegal closed off one of our long-range scoring options. Mm-hmm. Like normally, Brian would be popping them over maybe for 35 metres, but they knew he was a threat today, and I think he maybe got one shot away over the 70 minutes, but he was under severe pressure getting that away, and it just tailed off left and wide. Yeah, he had a, he had a great record. I think it's 20 games or something like that. Isn't it a row? Like between league and championship last year, he scored in every game, and then, uh, uh, and then this year as well, he continued that on. Um, it's just disappointing for the man. We're going to go on to Kieran Flynn now. Um, for don't forget, we love uh, hugely in-depth analysis on our uh, Patreon service um, for the Loyal Royals podcast. But uh, Kieran Flynn, you might throw us out a few of the, the the stats from today's game, and you know they'll probably tell their own story. Yeah, it's just some kind of a flavour of of proceedings. Uh, both teams didn't actually shoot the ball that well. Both both scoring under under half. Uh, when he got closer to half while we were a bit more down to a third of our scores from play then both teams dropped again percentage we were nearly down to a quarter they were kind of around 30% kind of thing overall though the freeze were actually quite good for both teams but it's probably indicative there wasn't as many uh, scorable frees as probably last week in Tyrone but interestingly um, from play there was a lot of scores Donegal did better than we did and ultimately that tells its tale we, they only had 11 scores we only had 7 so it was quite a low scoring game but someone someone sent me actually someone sent me a video there of the kids on the field at half time and there was a thousand of kids on it whoever it was and they said it was nearly as packed as the Donegal defence so that <laughs> that definitely when we when we break the game down we'll be talking about their kind of processes and how they defended so well yeah just breaking it down there um uh, so so Mead had nineteen shots and, and Donegal had twenty four shots um and then. It doesn't say how many how many frees were conceded or whatever, but for scorable frees. Mead had four scorable frees, and Donegal had five scorable frees. Um, and uh, looking at uh, saves, the the Donegal goalkeeper did he have to make a couple more saves than 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 uh, the Mead goalkeeper? So that's actually that's they got saves. That was Marky Brennan made a great save from. Michael Murphy's penalty and, and, penalty and, and, then, and then Michael the, Langan was it? Langan, yeah. He yeah. was great when he flicked it onto the crossbar. Yeah. So they were actually saved, but that's what that save statistic means. They had two shots saved. All right, very good, very good. But yeah, again, we'll go into more depth uh, and analysis on uh, the um, the the stats that we have for the mid game on our loyal loyal service. Um, before we finish up, we'll go and check and see. Have we got any results for the uh, We Are Mead um, prediction table thingy, What's it called? A GA predictions 
in the in association with Corte and GFC. We have nothing as of yet, unfortunately. Uh, we were an earlier start earlier start this week, I suppose. But if we do get something between now and when we're recording the Patreon, we might throw it in there. And if we don't, we'll post all the updated table onto the um, Twitter machine later on in the week. But I doubt it'll be greater even for just for the listeners. I got them all right this week, so that's good. Yeah, well, we we we, we can, you did as well, Michael. We can, you got them all right. No, 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 we're not having that. No, 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 <laughs> no definitely not. Uh, and we'll be able to prove Kieran Flynn wrong later on. Um, on our Patreon uh, service or even online when uh, when we share all the results I'm trying to from bring the He's trying to bring me down with you is what you're saying. Um, just checking through, is there anything from the Insta, Insta interaction that we can use on the We Are Mead? I suppose we did have a lot of interaction. There's a lot of negativity going around, um, you know, and a lot of people with opinions that we probably won't be able to share but there's a few of them that we will share um Davey Rispin hit us with a few of them yeah so the first one is from um Tom O'Connor he says simply we we need to get our best forwards uh, available on the pitch basically yeah and, and the funny thing is is that this year we've got a multitude of forwards um uh, for the team but I suppose we're missing a couple from last year um that would have been mainstays on the field Mickey Newman stands out Shane as one Walsh. Shane Walsh is the other you know like Shane Walsh was the you know you'd nearly be thinking that he is the main cover for 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 Mickey Newman um and our, our full forward um yeah probably scoring forwards slacking them at the moment yeah uh Lynchy from Trim uh he's just come in and he says Mark Dowdle has to come in at corner back Best man marker in the county. Yeah, hands down, without a doubt, has to happen. When's it going to happen? Kieran Flynn from the county board, what's the answer? Yeah, well, realistically, if it doesn't happen, the whole management team has to go. If Dowdle, <laughs> if Dowdle doesn't come in, I'm going to come up to the county board meeting and I'm the whole thing is under. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, the next one is from Leo Weldon. And Leo said, started brightly, but heads dropped when the first goal went in. Yeah, understandably as well, because we were after saving the penalty. And you thought that maybe that might be the catalyst to drive forward and get build up a little bit of a lead against Donegal, you know, like when their heads obviously dropped after the penalty save, you know, like um, so you would have been expecting me to kick on a little bit. So that's understandable. Yeah, Shane Mulvaney is the next one. Very defensive in the first half, given our wind advantage. Uh, we let them have the ball at times. Yeah, Brian Kelly was that is it's it's just kind of the way you play against Donegal. You have to kind of play. They play that against you, so it's nearly like you... If you push up there. against them, they'll do what they did for the third goal today and hit you on the break. It's a balancing act, and we probably just were a little bit lacking on getting the attacking end of the balancing right. But those, we created the chances, we just didn't take them today, and I wouldn't be overly concerned about being too defensive. Yeah, and it probably goes back to, to the initial comment about uh, lacking uh, our main forwards on the field as well. You know, mm-hmm. so if you had the likes of Shane Walsh and you had the likes of Donald Lennon and Mickey Newman and whatever, you, you'd, you'd have more focal point and more people to aim for in the full forward yeah. line. Or, Fair or point. Uh, next one is from Porrick Boyle, who said, not getting into free space on kickouts. So, I don't know, is that pockets of space he's talking about possibly that maybe away from the midfield or that? What I will say again, linked to what you boys just said about the is that Donegal are just such a good team at crowding out the space. Yeah, the middle, the middle area. So yeah. sometimes it literally is a case of the spaces in there. And particularly when you're playing against a strong wind, which we were in the second half, either kick it long or you know, you're know you under pressure straight away. Because if you play it short, which we've seen today, 
Donegal swallow you up and, and you know they don't let you get out unless you do blast the ball out so I think there's probably a little counter argument to that yeah it's a, there's a counter argument too but it's a, it, 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 it's a good question it's a, it, how do you find the space yeah. that's the thing you know like so like last week Tyrone you know um, uh, swallowed up the space by sending goalkeeper Morgan out to Mark uh, Thomas O'Reilly at full forward and that information was brought to us by Sean Caffrey from uh, from Drumbarra just we want to give him his dues there for that one um, um, but maybe it's, again Donegal they, they tend to um, to flood that middle third so it's hard finding space yeah it is absolutely. especially against the wind as well uh, Rory Carlin is next finding it hard to score and not playing the ball forward Again, it's a hard to play. It's it's very hard to play the ball forward against Donegal because when they lose the ball, they all track back. Mm. So like if you kick it, you're just kicking it to fifteen players that are waiting for the ball yeah. and are marking maybe two forwards at that stage. You have to be patient with Donegal and do what Donegal do. Be patient. Bring the ball up, recycle it, bring it back out, bring it into the corner, bring it back out, and recycle it back down the field until there's a little chink in the armor. And then they play that little pass. You know, they, they, they're so conservative with the ball. Yeah. And they make sure that they hold it and hold it and hold it and hold it. And then when the run is made and that little bit of space is made, they play the ball in. And like you're playing a season Division 1 outfit there today. I know they were Division 2 last year. And only short two of their players. The only players they were missing today was Paddy McGrath and Paddy McBrearty. Yeah. And you compare that to us back in Division 1, first time since 2006 when it was 1A, 1B, 2A, 2B, not the current structure. And the injury list we have, there's up on a dozen players unavailable for selection at the moment. So you're you're not in many ways comparing like with like. Yeah. We're, we're going to end up with a team and panel, I reckon, come the championship, which will be far stronger because you have a fellas getting a lot of experience in the league who 100%. might not necessarily have got it in the league now had we had everybody fit. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Next one, there's just two or three left. Uh, Brian Flynn says, um, we can't run a defence. Nobody will show for the ball and shoot for points. Defence is solid enough. So, well, you know. you could, Yeah, you definitely have to say defence is solid enough. Like, okay, they conceded three goals, but they only conceded 11 scores. It was 3-8. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in fairness, Colm Nally, will, you'll hear it in the Patreon, he referenced that that the third goal came when we were down to 14 when Conor McGill was literally just getting ready to come back onto the pitch and... It was 30 seconds prior to him returning. So that third goal maybe is accountable for that, the way they ran in that in. So, yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, the, I think this could be the last one that we have. It's from um, Brendan Cake. He says, too slow breaking forward when they have possession and then having to work the ball backwards. Yeah, again, it's, it's, it's down. Okay, then I, I see what, the, what they're saying. And, and, and maybe what, what happens is when you, when you turn the ball over, you need fellas that are running with the Donegal players into that as Donegal are running to set up defensively you need mead players running to set up offensively and to give them something to think about maybe not enough players are getting ahead of the ball um, quick enough and that could be something that they could work on or whatever but when you're playing uh, I've seen Donegal playing so many times in the last number of years um, in, 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 the, in the flesh and they just flood so many players back and it, it, it's very hard unless you get players running with them. Um, so, but if you don't have players back or getting into attacking the attacking area, you, you have to go lateral and you have to go backwards and you have to just recycle the ball like, because there's no point in kicking it up to, as I said, a solitary meat player when he's being marked by seven or eight Donegal players. 
That's all. Yeah. Uh, Kieran Flynn, before we move on, I think you've got a result in for us from the Camogues. Yeah, the Camogie team uh, started off their Division 2 campaign. Of course, they had a, an unfortunate poor year, poor year last year in Division 1, playing all the top teams like Division 1 hurling, which is great to see. They're back down Division 2. They defeated Westmead over in Cords and Kinnegad today in a scoreline of 1-8 to 4 points. So it's great to see. And I think all, all four uh, teams are doing well, actually, with getting good promotion and getting teams involved. Like, for example... They announced recently that Christina Troy and Jane Dolan are going to be the captain and vice-captain, respectively, both for Blackhall Gales for the team. And, of course, they announced a new sponsor on Jersey, Ecom Merchant Solutions, you know, from uh, Noel Moore and from Bechtiv is sponsoring the Mead Camogie team now. So it's great to see they have a new jersey as well, and it's it's lovely now as well. So I think there's going to be a lot of people buying four jerseys this year for their, for their holidays. So it's great to see all four of our teams getting good sponsors, good GA people back and them, lovely new jerseys. Uh, I know you'd be mad not to go to Ted Murtles and Jackson Heerlands, etc. buying these jerseys. They're, it's great to show the different arms of the GA doing so well. Brilliant. It's going to be a costly year if everybody goes and buys every jersey <laughs> that's available for me this yeah, year. Uh, Davey Rispin, we have one left on the Instagram. One left, and it's more of a positive comment, and it's not regarding football as well, which is obviously great to see as well. Um, Andy Smith, uh, the young up-and-coming referee in the county from Nunchaklin, he says credit to the hurlers, and that's coming from a football man. Great uh, fight back in the finish. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's funny how all of you uh, non-believers are starting to believe Davy Rispin and Mr. Smith. And Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> so if Andy's taking that big an interview for Ireland now, minor hurling league starts next weekend. Andy, which game do you want? Yeah, we'll see him. We'll see him in the... In the 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 referees outfit out referee in the hurling, it's too hard of a game to referee. I wouldn't even Andrew. Don't even bother. Don't even bother. Just go to watch it. It's much better to watch. So it is. Um, do. If you're a good referee, that's all you do is watch it. You don't put the whistle in your pocket. <laughs> the top referees just watch the game. Play. Absolutely, it's just a it's a it's a place to stand and watch. It's the best. The best viewing point yeah, on, on the field or, or, or at a game is right in the middle circle. And he, and he literally just followed up with it. Is he, is he live? Is he actually <laughs> He sent another one. He says uh, they got better support. Um, as for the football, disappointed for the lads. was a poor game. Yeah. Well, look, um, we are hoping <coughs> that uh, Mead can respond. Um, you know, they've... It was a disappointing result for them today. Um, look, again, they tried hard. They defended well. They only let in 11 scores, three of them being goals. That's the disappointing thing. Um, you know, it's something that Mead haven't been doing an awful lot lately, shipping goals, but Donegal managed to get in there and get three of them today. Um, the black cards, um, Davey Rispin, just before we go on, harsh or ah, not? No, I think no. it was a black card. I, I look, at uh, they were clean through on goal. Um, Conor McGill, I think, had to probably do it. If anything, the question was maybe if it was marginally outside or inside the square. I think that was the only thing. The annoying thing is that the consistency of it, yeah. like Michael Murphy, as we know, is a notorious player for doing things like that. He dragged me players down at several times. Joey Wallace was one such example in the second half and gets away with it. Gets away with it. I think he got a yellow card in that to the absolute disgust and anger of the Mead fans. Yeah. But to be fair, actually, we watched that incident where Michael Murphy got the yellow card back up in the press box and he... The vast majority of us haven't watched the back actually didn't even think it was a yellow card offence because he did play the ball first. And once you play the ball first, then you probably get away with it. Martin McHugh in front of me said Stonewall Red. But when we when we watched the back, we kind of all nearly agreed that 
he was unlucky in many ways to get a yellow for that offence. Well, we'll get to look back at it later on on the TV, hopefully um, if uh, on the deferred coverage, uh, which I'm recording myself to, to get a look at that Mead game uh, again. Um, Brian Kelly, have you anything from the minor county board for us? Uh, nothing major. Um, minor football leagues, the majority of them started yesterday, Saturday, and the uh, Harlan League start next weekend. Okay, um, Mr. Kieran Flynn, have you anything for us from the uh, county board? No, just um, we had for our, all our home games we did today. We're doing a raffle at each of our home games in the national league for two All Ireland football tickets. So simple, just put a fiver in the in the kitty and you get put in the draw. So we had a few hundred people do it today, which is great. So that's all you just something. A lot of people who are going to the games now from Mayo and Gal will be hoping their own counties will be in it and. Failing that, it's a great day out to be out there on a learning final day. So, and we have county board tomorrow. When are we meeting again? We're playing on Sunday, the double header. The ladies are playing at 12 o'clock against Monaghan, and then we're playing Mayo in the seniors at 2 o'clock. And that, again, TV wise, that was talk of that being on telly. There was no official announcement yet. So, potentially, will be deferred coverage. But again, we want you there. It's, it's 20 euros if you pay on the day, it's 15 euros if you get your ticket before Saturday pre purchase. So you'd be mad not to get your ticket before you arrive, avoid the queue, get your ticket, get in there, get a good view of both the ladies and the lads football. Yeah, absolutely. And that, uh, you know, of course, Monaghan being uh, stalwarts of, of, of ladies football, that should bring a good crowd. I know that they are well supported. Uh, David Rispin, have you anything further for the We Are Mead podcast today? Uh, no, I suppose the, there's been a lot of the Mead uh, hurling jerseys have been released, so we're hoping to have some news as we're as regards to where people can start to buy them, hopefully the usual outlets like Jaxie, Sieges and Bertie Faulkner's maybe. Um, but hopefully by next week's podcast, we'll have news as how people can go about buying them. Yeah, and we, we are sorry that we don't have the gapredictions.com uh, um, standings for this week. Um, I don't maybe, know how we when we see them. <laughs> I, I'm sorry for our listeners. I'm not sorry for me. Um, <laughs> it's probably best off that I don't get to see them for a few days. But uh, uh, look, it, it is a bit of crack. Do watch out on our social media for um, uh, updates on the We Are Mead um, GAA Predictions.com in association with Cortem GAA uh, tables. And um, as well, don't forget to listen in to our, or find our Patreon service and listen to the Loyal Royals podcast where we will have interviews from Jack Regan, Nick Weir and Colin Nally from their respective games on the weekend. So don't forget, we are me. Why matters more.